Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Professional Services Pursuit, a podcast featuring expert advice and insights on the professional services industry. My name is Matt Finch, and my guest today is the wonderful Melissa Causen, Managing Director and Client Transformation and Strategy and Operations at Teletracking. Gosh, Melissa, that's an awful lot. Um, <laughs> Melissa, uh, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us again. Just tell us, a li- help me decode that, that title and, and tell us a bit about Teletracking. Yes, it is. It, it's hard to fit on a business card, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Teletracking is um, a solution provider for the healthcare industry, and we partner with hospitals to help them make improvements in patient flow. Our mission is that no patient should have to wait for the care that they need, and my role within Teletracking is in our client transformation organization, or what you might call services traditionally, as uh focused on strategy and operations for our group, I'm really here to help us set a target for where we're trying to go and unlock uh, the barriers that we have in place that prevent us from getting there and, and make sure that we're all aligned and moving in that same direction. Fantastic. Excellent. And I think, you know, when we were doing our our pre-show for this and, you know, Melissa, you were telling us a lot about, you know, recently you've put some some emphasis really on this professional services strategy and operations role. um, And you've really helped be at the center of that. So, you know, we're going to uncover a bit of that on the episode today and, and talk about some of your insights. But give us a view on PS strategy and operations as a as a function, you know, as as a group of people. We often hear about sales ops and sales operations. They help, you know, they help close deals and and sell things. What does that mean on the professional services side? Yeah, it's great insight. And as a matter of fact, part of where my particular role was born out of was looking at our commercial organization and saying, they have this strategy and operations function. They don't have a partner on our side to really have that relationship with because professional services should absolutely have a strategy and an operational function that is aligned with our commercial organization. I mean, they have to walk hand in hand. And so when we started looking at the climate of our organization and all of what we needed to accomplish, we realized that in the midst of a pandemic that's occurring, that's impacting our operations and how we deliver in the midst of um, organizational changes that we have in uh, the, the company strategy and growth that we had in place, that we didn't have anyone who was really focused on putting that all together for our organization and keeping focus and driving it. And when you're in a professional services organization, your number one focus is always the client, right? I always say we're, we're the cobbler's children. We we go out and we, you know, really focus on transformation for our clients. Um, you know, we do a lot of digital transformation with them. We talk about organizational change. You know, we give them our best project managers that we have to drive things forward for them. And yet internally, we weren't giving ourselves that same decision discipline. After we started to, there were symptoms that were cropping up, right? There were people saying like, didn't we do something like this before? Didn't we try that previously? Whatever happened to X, Y, or Z? And those started to be symptoms of the fact that we would get a little bit of internal bandwidth. We would start to tackle a problem and then our backlog would fill up. All of our resources would get deployed to, you know, advancing our clients. And those internal projects were kind of sitting on ice sometimes. And we weren't able to get get through some of the critical change that we needed. And now we're at a point where 
it's really not an option anymore. There's too many uh, driving factors that we have internally and externally that we have to have focus on it. We can't let it sit on ice um, while we focus on our clients. We have to have that same internal drive. Yeah, excellent. I think you, you you made some really excellent points in there. I think that cobbler's children analogy is so funny because it's so true, isn't it? Like we're so focused on delivering excellence for other people. How do we know that we're really being excellent yeah. ourselves and you know we've been through a lot of that recently uh, here at Mavenlink as well where we're talking about you know how do we become more efficient at helping our clients become more efficient right and you yeah. know and previously it's been like well that doesn't matter we just make our clients efficient make them happy and we love our clients and that's wonderful but you know if we're not focused on how we can be better we can't translate that further downstream um, you know when we can improve our service levels and improve our efficiency moving forward to our clients and they can receive the benefits of that if we are yeah. as focused as as uh, you know on ourselves as we are on, on on delivery to our clients so quick question for you actually just based on on your experience and maybe there isn't a right or wrong answer to this but from a reporting structure do you feel that this kind of operations role strategy role is good to report into the professional services team or is it more of like a, an operations function? Does it matter? You know, if, if you have a traditional sales ops, sometimes they report into sales, sometimes they report into like a chief operating officer, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like how, what, what's your experience of, of, you know, if you were to implement this in another company, where, where would you um, have those reporting lines go and what would be the benefit? I, I think it depends on the structure of the organization and the goals that you're trying to accomplish. So I have, have kind of an unofficial dotted line in the RCOO. I have biweekly one-on-ones with her just to make sure that um, I'm very much aligned with the vision that she has for operations of our organization in general. But given just the, the focus that we have right now, my role makes more sense being embedded in the organization itself to where I'm really plugged on with the full leadership team. I understand the goals, the strategy, the challenges that they're facing and sort of see my role as understanding the organizational strategy, what is important to sales ops, where our product team is focused and helping to translate that into our organization and keeping everything aligned. I think because of where we are, we tend to have less centralization of corporate functions and allow those roles to kind of sit in the groups where they belong. Some of it probably comes down to size and structure, but for us, I think it makes more sense for me to be embedded within our services organization versus in um, corporate ops. But that said, having that alignment is 100% critical. Our strategy is in support of our organizational strategy and mission, and there cannot be misalignment there at all. Yeah, definitely. I think it goes back to, I think there isn't a right or wrong answer. Of course, it de- depends yeah. on, on, on each organization, but that synergy is so key. It kind of doesn't matter to a degree. Like, okay, you know, everybody's got, you know, as long as you avoid the silos and everybody's got yeah. their different worlds, you avoid the silos, communication is strong across all operation functions and all of the places where it needs to be 
doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, it does, doesn't yep. matter where it goes. Absolutely. So just thinking kind of historically, let's kind of go, go back in time a little bit here. Just can you describe some of the events or the signs or the signals that you had in your organization that sort of led you to realizing the importance of developing this as a specific role in a strategy? You know, what, what, what was sure. it that really triggered your organization to say, gosh, we need someone to do this role because it's spread across so many people. We're not getting efficiency. Part of it is, like I said before, just hearing those, didn't we start this before? Haven't we talked about this before? Another was not making progress in the timeline that we wanted to, despite everyone working really hard. There's no doubt that people were working very hard. They were working very hard in service to our clients. And when they had internal bandwidth, they were working very hard on those internal projects. But in spite of that, there were things sometimes took longer than what we wanted them to, to get to fruition. We also started to see all of this work cropping up, and yet we didn't have a defined direction on where we wanted to go. A few months back, I was actually reading this book, um, Indistractable, which is a fantastic book. I think we talked about it before mm. by um, Nir Eyal. And he was talking about, you know, what distraction is and really defined it as any action that moves you away from what you really want. And if you don't have it really clearly defined what you really want then you don't know what is actually traction getting you towards that or distraction and pulling you away from it. And so all of those things coming together and just recognizing that people did not have the bandwidth to do all of these things and keep them moving forward without there being a real structure to support that led to saying, we need to centralize this so that we have a very clear strategy. We have um, a dedication to continuous improvement. We have a very clear process for how we um, document the learnings of our organization and apply them back sustainably. That was another symptom, right? Uh, People doing really great things in one part of an organization getting a couple months down the road and a problem cropping up and someone saying, oh, did you know that this part of the organization solved this? Mm. And them saying, no, I didn't know that, right? So repeating of mistakes is definitely another symptom that there's some kind of loop that's not being closed. Those were really some of the drivers that led us to say, it's important enough that we have to have a function that brings all of this together so that all of this important work that our teams are doing gets to the finish line, is communicated appropriately, is embedded into our processes, becomes sustainable, and actually makes us better as we go and get more efficient and have better quality for our clients. Yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. It it kind of I love that distraction thing, by the way, because gosh, I mean, how many things every single day do we think, oh, I I really think this isn't a good use of my time, but hey, my manager said I should do it, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, that communication is always very key. I like the the Eisenhower matrix, you know, the the important versus urgency scale. I think that's another great way of sort of removing distractions, but even just acknowledging and accepting that, hey, you know, life is tough. Every, every, you know, work is tough. All the things that we do are, are, are tough and we have to make effective decisions every single day on what is a good use of of our time and then as leaders we make decisions on what's a good use of our team's time and making sure that those decisions are 
realistic, communicatable, and we focus on the really impactful things that are, you know, urgent and important to use that that same matrix, but also just embracing that there are distractions that we need to leave behind. It's okay not to get to all of your to-do list. You know, Mm -hmm. focus on the top five of the probably 25 things you've got on that list and achieve those today and get to those today and make sure you have great outcomes on the top three or five versus drowning in the fact that you've got 25 to get to in a particular day. I think embracing those elements and uh, as distractions and and, and normalizing the fact that it's okay to leave those behind is, is really important. I love that, that concept. So just give me some examples of like distractions that you guys were having that you thought, gosh, yeah, we we really need to not, not do this anymore. Do you talk us through some examples that you have? Uh, We had, you know, once we kind of distilled down specifically, this is our our strategy and uh, these are the operational imperatives that are really critical to us. We started to evaluate all of the work and projects that we had going on against that and said, does this contribute to this? Or does it not? And it allowed us to look at at these various initiatives and say, this isn't advancing the direction that we're trying to go. Um, So if it's not driving directly towards that, then we're going to spin that work down and we're going to say it's not critical right now. Mm, mm. It also allowed us to look at that maturity and say, realistically, it's not the right time to do this kind of work, right? So, you know, when we think about service offerings, we had some really great, shiny service offerings that we would love to do. But the reality is we have some other critical work that needs to go in front of that. And so we had to have the discipline to say, this is still really important, but it's going to get moved out on the timeline to free up bandwidth for some of these other things. The other thing that we found were there were critical things that were maybe seen as a distraction that actually were not. Mm. Communication is a huge one. I think sometimes we think, you know, putting in the time and effort to communicating with the organization is a distraction. It takes too much time to write it. People don't want to read it. They don't want to take the time to do it. But we knew that we had to align our organization on all the work that was happening, on our goals, our objectives, our projects, uh, all of those things. And we had to have that communication piece in there. So we actually took something that previously was coined as a distraction and said, Mm. it's critical to get us to where we want to go. But we were very specific about how we did it. And one of the things you said is about making time. And this goes back to that indistractable book. It's about not just making the list of items that you need to do, but actually making the time in which to do them. And so with our communications, we said, you know, here's our commitment. We will do three articles a week. Here's how you can follow them as they come out. If you'd prefer, we're going to send a weekly summary. Each of them is going to take you less than three to five minutes to read. And we're only going to tell you about things that we believe are really important to our organization. And we defined important across a number of aspects that can include things like celebrating our team members. It's very important that people feel valued, that they Mm. feel recognized for their achievements. And we didn't coin important as just, you know, really specific process changes or something like that. But We said we were going to do it. We made the time to do it. We asked people to carve out time in their schedule, whether they wanted to do it as articles came out or once a week. And we've gotten great feedback on how that's actually made our organization feel more cohesive. People feel like they have great transparency and that feeling of transparency 
makes a huge difference in how someone feels connected to their organization and their company. Yeah. So it was kind of a flip for us. It felt like a distraction before, but it was actually that traction. It was driving us toward what we needed. Yeah, I love that. We we recently, I say recently, gosh, maybe it was actually probably at the start of COVID at, at Mavenlink, we, we upped our internal communication. We have daily emails from our CEO and yeah. um, weekly all hands meetings, things that we used to do monthly. And initially we were like, oh gosh, this is a lot of time for the whole company to be on one call. But gosh, it made us, it culturally it brought us together mm-hmm. and we were so much more focused. There wasn't that sort of mid-month, you know, third week of the month, oh, you know, I'm not quite sure which yeah. direction we'll go. Every single week we were focused around around the, the, the right things and, and, and that really helped us. I think that's a great point. Like on the face of it, it's extra time. You know, every single week we're going to be doing, you know, another yeah. three or four or 500 people on a call. Gosh, that's a lot of time. But it's, it's an efficiency thing in terms of getting people refocused on the things that are important, remove those distractions. I think that's, that's really powerful. Excellent. From your experience and from the amount of time you spent doing this role now, what would you say you've learned from the past that will guide you forward? You know, what was what was your key learning experience that you had over the last, I mean, let's say maybe pre and post COVID, let's say, for example, as well, I think we've all learned some things in COVID we didn't expect to learn. Um, and how is that guiding how you take this team and this role moving forward? Oh, pre and post COVID. That seems like a short time and both a <laughs> lifetime away, right? One of the things that I did was, um, as we started to put together our operational plan was kind of this audit of what are all of the projects and I classify project as a change in some sort of of process or uh, procedure that we have in place, right? Um, That could mean that they are small things that take a month to do. That could mean they're major initiatives that are tagged for a year, but how many do we have? And I just started compiling this massive list of things that we were working on. And at first it was very overwhelming to think, gosh, we have all of these things that are in flux and are changing. And when you really look at it at this view, even once we went through and said, what are the important ones that we still have to keep going? It was still a huge lift. And, you know, we have um, a leadership structure for our services organization. And then we have, you know, mid-level management and then our delivery team. And one of the things that I quickly realized was almost everything was rolling up to the leadership team running all these initiatives, all these initiatives, right? And the leadership team certainly should be sponsoring those and should be allocating the resources for these problems to be solved. But we had a really big organization that we needed to figure out how to distribute these things throughout the org because one, the problem should be solved where they're at, right? Basic quality tenant. You want to you solve the problems in the places that they're occurring with the experts who are involved with them every day. And two, we wanted our teams to feel ownership and we wanted them to have involvement in, in these initiatives so that everything wasn't constantly top down, top down. And so um, engaging our management team and really making sure that they had access to all of the information that they needed, that they helped drive the priorities and the work that we were focused on, and that they were then leading all of these initiatives with sponsorship from our leadership team was really important um, to have that distributed out. But then to have a mechanism of, okay, here's the objectives that you're setting for these projects. Here's your cadence for reporting status in on them. Organizationally, here's the visibility that you need to provide. 
and then making sure that they also had responsibility for communication and change management around those. I'm always a big advocate for change management. Um, I just don't think that progress can ever be made without it. So having that structure in place for our organization was really important once we made sure that all of that work was aligned with where we were trying to get to. Yeah, excellent. I, did, I really want to, I've made some notes here because I think you, you, you pick up on a couple of key things. Ownership. And that's such an important thing, isn't it? That, that, you know, that dictatorial top down, we're telling you what now to some degree you need leadership and you, you know, you need people sure. to be, to be leading and setting examples and setting direction, of course. But the, the, I've found personally, and it sounds like you've done the same is that to really get things done, everybody's got to feel like they own it. You know, they need mm-hmm. to be a part of it. They have, they have a piece of the puzzle and a piece of the outcome and the reward when it all comes together. Um, I think that's been a real cultural change as we've gone, from you know everybody working from home we 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 sort of removed this you know concept of being either in an office or you know people are in headquarters so they can get more done because they can talk to more influential people that all just disappeared off the table mm-hmm. just, just when 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 we all went home so that level of ownership i think is important just talk to me as well about i don't know whether i'm inventing this concept but let's say that let's say that we are together but i really feel like this role from what you've said really acts as like a cultural glue it's a it's a role that brings together operations people processes sometimes technology and really does bring that culture with it as well and if this is not a a, a value add to the culture of the organization then then what it's you know uh, i think you're spot on in fact as we've come together as a leadership team we have had very long conversations about who do we want to be when we grow up, right? Mm, um, mm. And speaking culturally, even things like it's critical that our employees understand that we value a growth mindset and that failure is okay and that we won't always get to where we want to go, but are we learning from it and are we making improvements? And You know, we were together as a team and we were talking through, you know, what are some of our challenges? What are some of our problems? And I asked every single one of our leaders, I said, you need to be prepared to discuss something that has failed and not worked or where you have fallen short to show everyone that it's okay to have those conversations. Mm. Right. That it's that it's absolutely fine to say I tried to achieve this. Right. And, you know, the leader of our services organization stood up and said, hey, we haven't gotten where we wanted to go with things, right? But that doesn't mean we're going to stop and it doesn't mean that we're not the right thing. And so we have a a lot of conversations about what are the things that we value? Because when you set that strategy of where you want to go, it's going to change perhaps some of the ways that you want your organization to behave to get there. If you want to be agile, if you want to move quickly, you have to be willing to say, going to try something. Nope, that didn't work. All right, let's try something else, right? And if you're an organization that is really focused on a failure occurred, who did it? Why did it happen? That's not acceptable. You're going to really struggle with an agile framework and with moving fast, right? Yeah. So culture is absolutely a part of it. And we've talked a ton about what is the culture that we need to have. Um, You know, we have a great culture within our company, a very client-focused culture, um, you know, our employees will will or they're always called out for how much our clients love them. And now we're thinking about how does that translate internally to get to where we want to go? Yeah. So, yeah. I love, I love that. 
Yeah, that that kind of growth mentality. You know, people are chastised for giving things a try and failing. Then no one's going to try yeah. anything. You know, you need yep. to you need you need to plant that seed. Tell me, just changing the subject. You know, is there anything specific you're working on right now or got coming up in the future that you think is just a great example? You know, c- tactical things that, that you're working on at the moment. What can you share with us? From a tactical perspective, I mean, we're doing just what some may consider basic blocking and tackling, and you know. A year ago, I might have been embarrassed to say it because I would have thought we should have already been there. But I think as I learn and talk to others, I find out people are struggling with all the same things. Mm. For example, how do you really embed continuous improvement and lessons learned into a services organization? Um, When you have PMs, in a sense, as they run their projects, they're almost like these little universes in and of themselves. And figuring out how to to get that information distilled when we learn something and brought back to the organization in a sustainable way that actually augments the way that we deliver. Uh, We have a lot of focus on that right now. And I'm really excited about the possibility. And we've, we've broken it down to say, we're not just going to have these word documents where you go in and you plot it out as part of your project closeout. You know, we've put together a system that allows us to capture these things real time, to do reporting and analytics on them, to drive the communications that we share out. We're showcasing lessons learned on our all hands call. We're actually mm. putting people and saying, hey, give us these critical things. And teams are walking away going, that was really fantastic, right? Um it's a basic thing, and we've taken some runs at it in the past, but uh, we we have the right culture. We have the right leadership team to say this is critically important. This is something that drives traction. Um, it's not a distraction as it might have been treated before, but we're putting the mechanism around it to actually make that information useful. It's a really basic thing, but I'm super excited about the way our organization is going to be using it. Mm-hmm. Love that. And I think, you know what, I think that's such an an amazing and powerful thing to take the last couple of years as an opportunity to get back to basics. You know, let's reset what we were doing and make sure, you know, focus on the good things, remove the distractions and what you might feel as we we should have been doing this already, but we weren't. Well, get back to basics, get that stuff done. I think that's a really great thing to acknowledge and and drive, um, you know, a back to basics type type culture. Let's get the really simple, good things right. And then we can build on top of that from there. So yeah, uh, uh, I love that concept, Melissa. Thank you. So just kind of wrapping up here, just, you know, what, what, what are your, your final thoughts? What would, what would be a key takeaway for our listeners on, on this particular episode? We've talked a lot about this, this role of professional services operations. I think there'll be people out there that hopefully really resonate with that. Maybe it's a goal to get into that type of role. Maybe they don't have that role right now, or if they do, they feel like they need to make some improvements. What would be a, you know, a key, key takeaway as a, as a leader in this space for us? I mean, I I think I would just ask people to look at their, their services organization and say, do I understand where we want to be in three years? Do I have goals and metrics lined up to help us get there? Do I really understand the critical ways that we have to behave as an organization to achieve that? And do I know the levers that I have to pull every single year to get towards that vision? If not, I think you just get into this cycle of I'm delivering, I'm implementing, I'm, you know, driving my services, I'm generating revenue, but 
the change that's happening right now in the industry and the space, a post-pandemic world, there's just so much that's different from where things were two years ago that annually, if you're not asking yourself those questions and really calibrating against that, I I just don't see how you'll drive the change Mm. that, that you need, right? You don't have that vision for where you're trying to get. And so it's really hard to get there without having that organization really focused on those things. Yeah. That's where where we were and we kind of put the line in the sand and said we have to commit the resources and the time and attention to this and really we're in the space right now where we want every single person in our organization to understand this is what it's going to take to go where we want to go and be aligned on that. I, I love that. There's, there's, there's a huge element to me of like boldness and bravery in saying we're drawing a line and, and we need to make sure that we, we, we get this thing fully understood. Melissa, again, th- thank you so much for the conversation today. I always enjoy talking to you. We've, we've done a few of these things uh, across the way. We've done webinars. We've done live events together. Gosh, I'm looking yes, forward absolutely. to get, getting back and doing some of those again together. Yes. Um, and when we were putting together the, the guest list, your name was hugely high on my list of people too. I was like, we've got to get Melissa on one of the early episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. And as always, everybody, you know, everybody listening out there, please reach out to us with questions, comments, ideas. We would love to hear from you. Please let us know. Podcast at mavenlink.com. You can reach myself, Melissa, Mavenlink, uh, Teletracking, all of us on LinkedIn. Go and find us out there on the web. Reach out, talk to us, uh, and we'd love to have a conversation. Melissa, thank you once again. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And we'll see you again on the next episode very soon. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know by giving the show a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and leaving a comment. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, you can do so anywhere you get podcasts, on any podcast app. And to learn more about the power of Cantata's purpose-built technology, go to cantata.com. Thanks again for listening.